Uh, hello, all, and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Uh, I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched a lot of wrestling. Um, and uh, I am going to uh, 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 go into this uh, totally going to watch a wrestling thing tonight haven't totally haven't already watched the thing. yeah I don't, I don't i don't see a reason to keep this keep up the charade on that one yeah i don't i i was i i don't think we need to lie to our audience here yeah uh, we, so, we had a goof yes we had we had many goofs when we mm -hmm. recorded that episode uh but the biggest goof is that apparently we did not have uh the twitch did not say didn't record it right it didn't save our vod so we our episode our episode in its original context is completely lost to time. Mm -hmm. And so our best solution is that we're going to re-record this and uh, try to keep the same general format of what we do uh, for our regular episodes. But coming at it from the perspective, David and I have already watched everything here. So, so what are we doing tonight? Uh, we're talking about NXT. Uh, what is NXT? It is WWE's kind of third brand at this point, and it has had a very long history uh, of ups and downs. First, uh, with NXT, you had it. It was originally a game show idea where they just took a bunch of rookies they already had in their developmental system or recently signed guys, such as, uh, I don't believe, like, Daniel Bryan was part of that original group, and I don't believe that he was in the developmental system. They just kind of signed him on for this. And they it was a game show. It was like a reality TV show where they like wrestled each other, sure. And they <laughs> won and they had standings, but also they did silly competitions like selling paper, like selling programs or obstacle courses around the ring or promo contests, but it's about randoms words as opposed to being like trash talk this guy you know things that are very important to the art of wrestling yeah it was very it's very fun in some ways but also very dumb mm -hmm. and it was it got progressively worse as time went on to the point that eventually wwe stopped caring um they especially stopped caring because it was originally uh, it was orig they originally put it in the sci-fi uh, they had a time slot on the sci-fi channel Back when it was spelled sci-fi, I believe. Not oh my C god, that's how, old we're, oh, oh, uh, that's how old we're talking here. But they had the time slot, and then they or and then they didn't. It didn't get good ratings because nobody really cared. <laughs> so it kind of became an internet-only show. And when it became an internet-only show, it took on this weird life of its own, where it was still officially a game show. But at some point, they just kind of stopped talking about the standings or people getting eliminated. And it kind of hmm. just became a show for the guy, for the lowest tier guys to kind of get an opportunity to have meaningful matches and minor storylines. <laughs> it has its own charm to it. I watched a few episodes of it back when it aired in that format as a Hulu.com exclusive. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it didn't have any. It didn't have any real like. It it didn't mean anything. You could have skipped. You could skip it, and it and it changes nothing about the the real stuff on Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. But in in 2012, they uh, as part of a a big restructuring of of the brand, 
They in Triple H, uh, we know him as 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 a wrestler and a, a um uh, executive. Except now it's becoming a little less kayfabe. Now it's a little more actually. He's kind of has power here. Oh shit. And so he was in, put in charge of NXT as kind of a rebrand of their developmental show, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, you know, which was already airing on TV technically, and that if you were local to Florida, you might be able to get it on cable access or something. <laughs> I don't really know where it aired, but it's I know local Florida, basically. <laughs> and they were basically like, what if we just put it here? It's, you know, NXT has kind of a fancy get it it's like next but without the e in it uh-huh. so you know think that could work as a developmental show and you know it gets the the developmental wrestlers a chance to you know get tv reps and kind of have a simulated version of being on raw and smackdown without you know actually being on. yeah a, a real learning environment the uh the, it's 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 a it's a from from kind of what we talked about uh the first time we did this was like almost this weird sort of roundabout way of doing training where you get you get like that on air experience in this kind of like unique way that the the newbies before you have yet to uh, or had not experienced yeah cuz the other uh, cuz everything before this it was like it technically aired but it airs only on local channels and you're mostly like just fucking around in a bar in like a warehouse in front of 20 people like that's that's what your developmental wrestling looks like, and in NXT they started they they sat they planted their flag at Full Sail University, which is a relatively uh, um, well regarded uh, for like university in Florida that focuses on like production mm-hmm. and like artistic that artistic kind of stuff, and so they set they set sail, haha. Uh, they they use that kind of terminology a lot. <laughs> I couldn't help I. It, it just kind of came out, didn't it? Yeah. But yeah, they like set up shop at Full Sail uh, on the campus, and it became they were, they have a regular crowd of a couple hundred people. Yeah, I will say something I kind of thought about um, before, but didn't really articulate until just now. I'm almost I'm surprised a little bit that it took them this long to kind of get to it because this was like early mid 2010s that that NXT kind of came out to be what it is today, right? Yeah, 2010 was when it was first a game show, and 2012 was when they transitioned to being the developmental show that we know it as today. Yeah, no, that almost that almost surprised me a little bit, simply because like I, the more I you know do this show with you, the more I kind of come to come to understand the business model for WWE and its periphery, um, kind of throughout the history of modern professional wrestling, um. And I know that back in the day, they were a lot more cautious about things, you know. Obviously, back before Kayfabe got, you know, fully exposed, they weren't going to pull back the curtain on the training process. But once they, you know, did that, I'm surprised nobody kind of had the idea to 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 make it more of a thing to put the trainees on air. Like, if they, maybe they just thought it was too risky to put unproven talent on air but like that also doesn't seem to be like the mo of how they run this show because a lot of the people they get for it are like indie folk that they're just kind of training to bring into triple a it's not like all total newbies so it's it's surprising me that it took them this long to be like 
hey, what if we made this its own show? Because it does fit really well into that sort of formula. Mm -hmm. Well, I will go ahead and say that two things about that is first is is, is I, I would probably lean on the idea of them just feeling like it wasn't worth the effort for like unproven talent. Like the, like they didn't think they would have a real audience for that cat for watching a bunch. They didn't think they'd have an audience for watching a bunch of trainees learn in <laughs> real time, how to be wrestlers. Fair so they just never tried it. And I will say about the, 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 uh, the indie wrestler thing. It's as that, as, um, as I mentioned the first time around, we did this is that, is that it, indie, NXT kind of got a bit of a cult following among the more hardcore wrestling fans, and NXT became a way for not just being a developmental brand show, it also became a way for WWE to kind of create an alternative to itself within its own company, where it, it, it kind of appeals more to the hardcore wrestling fan who is a, maybe a little jaded by Raw or SmackDown, and they they signed they started signing more and more like top tier indie wrestlers to yes transition to being on Raw and SmackDown but also as a as like a hook for the to get the hardcore fans to watch NXT and that especially became more apparent after that it became a selling point of the WWE network. Yeah, I, okay that that makes sense and it is mm -hmm. kind of funny that they continued to monopolize themselves in this very. Uh, uh, distinct way uh, in mm -hmm. which they were they were like, hey, let's diversify the market with our yeah. own product. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of become that's become like another purpose of NXT is to kind of like again create your like own competition where like if you want your indie wrestling, well, you can just watch NXT. It's all I mean, under the umbrella. The really diabolical thing about it, though, is that it works and it seems yes. like it 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 works pretty effectively without all that much of a chance of failing like they had a they had a risk i'm sure when when they first did this they ran a risk of kind of doing a how do you do fellow indie watchers sort of thing um but at the same time when you bring on that level of talent and um you're so focused on on you know, creating its own, its own like branding, its own world. Yeah, of of course you're kind of gonna get away with it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they're they're so the the one thing that WWE is very consistently good at is learning. It not they're not great at they're not always great at getting things off the bat, but they're very good at learning. Um, in in spurts the sort of things that the that the fans roll with aesthetically mm -hmm. and they they took they took their years of realizing oh shit our fans are getting really tired of us um and were able to then roll that into the NXT formula it's mm -hmm. so diabolical and i kind of hate that they got away with it but it's also <laughs> great they can't keep getting away with it <laughs> yeah seriously um I will say that almost that in some ways the NXT's momentum has stalled a little bit since AEW came about because oh. if, if 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 you were here for NXT as an alternative to WWE, now you literally have one that also isn't under the WWE auspices. And also just like a talent thing, and that like now AEW's here to kind of leak some of that indie talent that would have funneled itself into NXT. Yeah, it's. It, but, I mean, AEW continues to have that indie feel, even though they're like booking a whole bunch of like ex AAA talent at this point. Like, yeah, um, even though they're also bankrolled by a billionaire, 
they, well, yeah. they they have a whole they have an ability to lean into that indie aesthetic too. Yeah, that well that's that's the thing. They their entire brand was built around that aesthetic. Whereas WWE kind of had to like fake it a little bit. Um Yeah, it's to, it's indie, but it's still like kind it's still WWE. You, you, it's a little standard. too polished. Uh, right. to feel fully indie. Like that was when we when we watched um our, our, during our original recording session um i did get this weird dissonance of like on one hand this feels indie but on the other it just feels like scale model wwe yeah it, it did and I'm not saying that's bad but it's no it, no, no, it, no 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 it you can see like first and for some people that was a really good that was a really good thing like that's kind of a a barrier to entry to some fans at least from what i've seen online of being like I, I kind of want to get into the indies, but then they all look low rent. Yeah. Because, you know, and so they found a, they found, you know, what they wanted in NXT. It's got that indie feel to it, but then it also doesn't look like shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not to denigrate mm -hmm. uh, what NXT is aesthetically. That's just to say, I can understand why AEW was then able to kind of sap away from that. Mm -hmm. Uh but I will say NXT is still immensely successful, of course. But like, mm -hmm. they AEW was absolutely an obstacle to them when they showed up. Yeah, no. Um, but either way, um, the 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 business model of NXT um, seems to be one that was rather brilliantly conceived because mm -hmm. of that goal of of getting kind of the the jaded indie lovers um, and the fact that it's a side product and it's not totally like you like like you said you can have wwe without needing to keep up with nxt that seems like it would allow a little more and maybe maybe i'm wrong here maybe i'm just kind of talking out my ass but it feels to me like that would allow for a little bit more experimental programming uh, uh in in terms of what was shown on the show I mean, I do, th I do think that NXT uh, was definitely willing to let guys kind of like tr have some shit gimmicks. I'll say that, but <clears throat> I don't know if it's truly experimental. But I would, but they they're definitely willing to try shoot shoot some ideas out there. I think from what I've seen in NXT. But I also, will say uh, though, to be fair, WWE's also fine with people having some really shit gimmicks. So. Okay. Uh, I was gonna. This, this all, I was actually trying to lean back to this point of you talking about, um, you know, the TV when you were talking about like why didn't they try this sooner if they were gonna bring in indie guys? Uh, until the mid two thousands, they weren't bringing in indie guys. Okay. And NXT was a big reason why they even started trying to do that more frequently. Like you would get guys like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, or uh, there's a few others, but you wouldn't know their names, but they would, they would have bring in indie guys who have some level of reputation on the indies, but that took a lot of work. Like WWE in the two thousands had a real stigma against signing indie wrestlers. It was, it was a situation where they kind of felt like they're all too small and we don't want these guys who just been wrestling in bingo halls because they, like they they really and and what we want to do is sign these like big ex athletes and train them ourselves. They wanted to be the ground. They didn't want. They didn't really want to like sign guys who had significant experience outside of WWE. They were a lot more wanting to have guys they can start from scratch with. Okay. 
that makes sense, especially because of how WWE kind of likes to have everybody who works for them have a have a uh, vision, an aesthetic, mm-hmm. a character that's very singular to them, very owned and moldable mm-hmm. by them. Um, but I don't know that I I understand. There's just like this small part of me that like is surprised that at least like at least you know in the it, it didn't it, it took it took till like the 2010s like it, i'm surprised like in the early 2000s no one said like hey what if we put training on air i don't know um mm-hmm. like like in just in just the kind of mo of vince being like what would make me the most money as right. you do yeah but uh you know regardless of of what took him so long they did end up doing it um, mm-hmm. and now they, they've, they've got the machine going, you got NXT as well as the WWE performance center that came out in early 2013. Uh, real quick. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, um, by the machine, you do not need, uh, do not mean Brian cage. No, he, he, first of all, he's an <sighs> AEW and <sighs> wait, didn't he work for WWE for a time? No, he has never oh. been WWE. Never you mind. Think- you know, it's a sidetrack here. You would think he he would because he has everything they like, except for yes, the fact that I'm that you look at him and you see steroid abuser. Well, you're right, and he's been pretty honest about the fact that he the reason he's never really been in WWE is because he could never pass a drug test. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> open and honest about do that. drug tests. Well, not ex- not as extensively. There's not the Fair same. Enough. There's not. There's not the same extensive uh, wellness policy to that. Yeah, I like. To be fair, WWE didn't really give a shit about the wellness <laughs> policy either until the Christmas walking. Oh, I thought. I thought like. I thought like the, they were going to talk about the trial there, but yeah. That no, too. they well the drug trial for a few years they were like okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut down on this <laughs> and then the heat died down. And they kind of stopped caring. And then the Eddie Guerrero tra- death happened. And then the Chris Benoit thing happened. And suddenly they're like, oh, you know what? We're, we, are going to ver- we are going to have a real drug policy around here. Oh, my God. You know what? Props to Brian Cage for, for his honesty. Anyway. Wait, back to what we were saying. So, mm-hmm. so we, that's, that's established what NXT is. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the women's revolution. Of mm-hmm. in WWE, mm-hmm. so, so good. because that's because that's the focus of our storyline, mm-hmm. and so we're focusing on the the storyline is the focus of the fourteen month arc of the I what I'm calling the four horsewomen era of NXT. Uh, that would be Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. They're uh, the they they are the, called the Four Horsewomen because um, Charlotte Flair, obviously she is Ric Flair's daughter, and Flair was as famously part of the Four Horsemen. And they were just kind of the forefront of the NXT women's division at a time when it was really blowing up in popularity. I, I Yeah, no, they, and, and, and from watching them, well-earned among the four of them. Holy shit, are they talented. <laughs> they are very talented. We'll talk more about what actually happens when I finish yeah, yeah, yeah. getting up our stuff here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, as I said the first time around, it's not, it's not a situation of then these four women showed up and suddenly for the first time, women's wrestling was good. 
it's not, you know, it's not that simple. It's not, it's, 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 it's a trends ish situation. And it comes, you know, I, I think I said it like a wave, but it comes, it comes slowly. It comes in parts. And mm -hmm. the reason I focus on, I don't think I mentioned it the first time, but the reason I'm focusing on this era is, and why I think, and why I've had a lot of time to think about why I think this era became the forefront here. And I think it's very much a right place, right time situation besides their talent. I don't want to take away from that. But if you if they had this level of talent 10 years ago, still you're still stuck. Aren't oh you? yeah. Oh god, I know. It's 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 absolutely it is as much timing and circumstance as anything else. And that timing and circumstance being uh the restructuring of some of the backstage personnel such as John Laurinaitis being removed from as head of talent relations. He was a big he was a big fan of of hiring models to train to be wrestlers. It's he's pretty it's like hiring women from a catalog has become like the known trait of John Laurinaitis's time as as executive as the head of talent relations. And uh, so when he got ousted in 2013 in 2012 yeah, I'm done kind of like once he got ousted from that position you know, obviously that changes the hiring habits as well as uh, the institution of a new tr of new trainers as per the performance center, bringing in Sarah Del Rey, Death Ray, Sarah Amato, who was who was an indie a women's indie legend of the 2000s back in the time period when WWE didn't give us that much of a shit about women's wrestling. You had Sarah Del Rey absolutely kicking ass on the indies. At this point, she's Sarah Amato is retired. But she she was brought in to be a trainer, and she has had a significant influence on the training that these women would also get during their time in, at, in developmentals, which uh, allowed them to grow into being better wrestlers. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, kudos to them for bringing in you know a very competent. Um, lady wrestler to, to train, especially one that, as you pointed out to me when we talked about this last time, was not a WWE person up until that point. Not really a AAA, uh, AAA personality. Um, that's, honestly, that's one of those things that I'm sure lended to their credibility of being able to actually draw in people who were jaded in, like, the indies because they used authentic indie rep for it, mm -hmm. which is... Yeah, good job, guys. You made a smart business move. I agree. So they got the new trainer. Plus, you have the net the WWE network factor. Because as I as I kind of threw out there the first time, is that the NXT women's division kind of started out pretty decent, better than what they were doing with the Divas on Raw and SmackDown at the time, with people like Paige, Emma, and Summer Ray. And the with and she though and Summer Ray had Charlotte and Sasha in tow by this by the end, too. Uh, but you know, they, when they were the peak of NXT women, it was the Hulu show. It was on Hulu.com. <laughs> the WWE network launched in February, 2014. And by that point, they're kind of phasing them all out to move on from NXT. So they, so a lot of people missed their peak. So they don't get, so, I, so they're definitely kind of forgotten heroes in all this, I would say. That yeah, that is, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, at least we have the power of retrospect. <laughs> we do. It's great. And then um, some of that, and then a, another. So when the WWE Network launched, and NXT kind of became like 
besides the pay-per-view thing. That's only once a month. How do you get people, you know, engaging with your streaming service on a week-to-week basis as opposed to just showing up once a month mm-hmm. and then cancel and then like and then canceling or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you hook them week to week? NXT. So and in the NXT era, it quickly became Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, and Bailey being the ones on top. And they were there when NXT kind of became a larger and larger cult following to the point where now they can even do NXT shows outside of Full Sail University because it's so popular that they can draw crowds. I've been to an NXT show that happened in Columbus. Wait, um, when? Uh, it would have been... It would have actually been like descent like when fall win, fall 2014 winter 2015 i don't have the exact date for you oh you know what it's not winter it would have been spring 2015 so in the time frame that we're doing this arc actually so did you get to see any of the horsewomen yeah uh the best match i've ever seen live is charlotte flair versus Sasha banks oh my god just gonna uh, from that show i'm just gonna go ahead and say that right now it's my absolute favorite match i've ever seen live <laughs> I, I can imagine why. Uh, quick, no, it was it was awesome. Quick question about about um Charlotte, because you kind of mentioned how it's almost incidental how the four horsewomen were the were the ones right to to kind of take on this sort of prominence that they did. Charlotte was Charlotte not always going to be like heir apparent to that in some way or other, um because she does have the legacy that she does. Oh, I'm sure she was. And I'm not, and I, I didn't mean that like they were never going to be the prominent, prominent at some point in time, just suggesting that like being so they were prominent at the right time. Yeah. But at like, but, but, no, no, well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I know you were saying that, but like, I, I'm surprised. Like I, it, it's more just like, I almost feel like if you have, if you have Charlotte Flair up there, um, you're, you almost, you almost have to, market her as like one of the one of the pioneers of this in a way i feel like otherwise like you know it it almost feel like why are you disrespecting rick flair's daughter like this to be fair you know what now that i think is like she probably would always have put all like she probably always would have been a part of this yeah because she is immensely talented and also you get the whole like rick flair's daughter daughter of a, of a legend of a wrestler you know yeah immensely popular by default yeah like that would have always kind of been in some way yeah i, I don't again, think it's like i don't think it's a coincidence that charlotte was the one chosen to be the first champion here no god no and again not not to discredit for a millisecond any of charlotte mm. flair's um talent charisma etc she has it in space Right. Uh, I will also say that uh, in terms of the, there is some larger implication in terms of like a larger women's revolution, how it kind of went from being like the thing that NXT is good at to being a thing that kind of transitions to Raw and SmackDown. There are some stuff to say with that, but I want to save that for when it's more relevant. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of has more of a, st- in terms of the timeline, that's more like mid 2015. So I want to wait to talk about those factors that influenced WWE to tr- to make women's wrestling more prominent on a larger scale than NXT. Understandable. 
Yeah, so that is kind of our setup for uh, how where we are with the women's wrestling. And so for these characters, uh, for them specifically, there's not really a whole, there's not a super large amount of backstory to cover because, well, there's, because this is their time, this is their moment of time to shine. They haven't had a whole lot of shine beforehand, so, you know, there's not a whole lot of ground to cover. Uh, Becky hasn't even debuted until uh, this series of episodes that we cover. But for Bailey, she was introduced as kind of the fan, as the ultimate fangirl. She grew up watching wrestling. She's very happy and joyous. She loves hugging people. And that made her an instant fan favorite. And frequently, as as you saw, heels like to talk down to her as kind of being naive or or childish. Um, what's funny and 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 what's what's funny to me about Bailey, uh, from what I saw of her, is she almost feels like a much less grating version of the John Cena formula. I don't know, I don't know exactly why, but she has a lot of that same like kind of um unflappable optimism, um that that cena carries forward and that kind of like goody two shoes cutesy attitude but instead of like cena where the act kind of gets old and it seems almost a little overwrought and contrived for him to be like it like, 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 like there's there's a certain smugness to it for him um something about how bailey does it feels a lot less like divisive and i not quite sure why I mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there a little bit in that, like, scene is at least as part of it is you brought up Cena's smugness, and I feel like, and it's it's just this kind of like thing that it's hard to articulate, but I feel like Bailey's comes off more authentic than Cena's does in some, some instances, like, she, or at least she just feels more likable than John Cena, especially when John Cena's leaning into being an underdog, which is his absolute worst character traits, but. In what we watch, mm-hmm. Bailey's leaning into being an underdog. But I think I think that's because she actually works in that role. That's like, fair compared to Charlotte Flair. Like John Cena, when he tries to work underdog, always falls flat because he's like a de- he's like a ten times over world champion. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and uh, it, it feels it feels justified. Yeah. Coming from Bailey, I think is the thing because even in what we watched, there was a little bit of smugness towards Charlotte, like toward the toward the uh, the end, but it felt earned because Charlotte. It was in response to Charlotte just being a constant condescending bitch to her. Yeah, I just think uh, the the staleness factor probably also is part of it for True. like you know so. John Cena was rocking the same character for a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, that's, oh boy. Bailey has been on NXT TV for a year-ish and, yeah. and has never been at this point in a prominent position. So, you know, it feels fresh and exciting and not like, oh my God. Yeah, we, change. Yeah, we, we get it. We get it. Uh, yeah, so there that Bailey and her relationship to Charlotte at this point has some history to it in that Bailey and Charlotte were initially friends, and then Charlotte betrayed Bailey to hook up with Sasha and Summer Rae, which leads into Sasha Banks. Mm. And that's, that explains Charlotte at this point, really, is being... I guess I'll explain her title 
ascent. But Sasha Banks has been kind of rolling with Sasha, Charlotte, and Summer rolling together as the beautiful, fierce females, the BFFs. Mm. And so Sasha, uh, you know, Summer Rae gives her a good talking to. Uh, I'm pretty sure in front of the mirror. I'm gonna bring up the mirror later for the in a future episode of this and explain that. And it kind of convinces Sa Sa Sasha to join up with Summer, and then at some point they convince Charlotte to turn on Bailey. And so yeah. they're they're the big heel faction that were prime that were primarily enemies of Paige when she was the NXT Women's Champion, which is a good transition to talking about how Charlotte became the champion because she is the champion. Is Paige was the champ, the original NXT Women's Champ. She fought on all comers. She was a great champion for three hundred days, and then suddenly she was called up to the main roster the night after WrestleMania thirty. Uh, I'm going to repeat my story of this because it's one of my favorite wrestling anecdotes, personal anecdotes, is this happened in my freshman year of college, and at the time I had three roommates who did not like wrestling at all, didn't appreciate <laughs> that I watched it, and so that night was the also the, at the night of the NCAA basketball championship game, they wanted to watch it. They and so and so I was like, I have laundry to do anyway, so I'll watch Raw on a pirated stream on down in the basement. Uh, except the dorm building uh, at Ohio State has sucky internet. Fuck you, OSU Wireless. Got to that part in there. True. And, and so the whole night it buffers and it barely and it doesn't work and it's trash. But for 10 minutes, it works exactly as intended. When AJ Lee, then the the WWE Divas Champion of over a year, of well over a year by this point. I forget when exactly she wins the title, but she's beaten everybody is the point. She comes out to, to congratulate herself for being the unbeatable champion who will never, ever lose. And then Paige Day makes her shocking surprise debut, winds up getting into a WWE Divas Championship match with, Pe with AJ right then and there. And then and Paige scores the shock upset win to become the new Divas champion. She's the dual champ, the NXT women's champ and the WWE Divas champ. Dude, I don't know what like god of of internet you you like appease to to get that perfect 10 minute stream. I know the, the best right moment time. of the whole the only probably the absolutely the absolute best moment of the show is the one that I managed to get to watch live as it happened. That's so incredible! Like, like just the, the stars that aligned for that. Oh God, it's so yep. good. Oh, I agree. Thank, thank you, Internet Gods, for allowing me to get to see that happen. But Paige is the dual champion, and this goes on for about a month before uh, JBL, who was the then NXT general manager, was like, "Listen, being champion of NXT requires you to have certain fulfill certain obligations and and make certain appearances as the NXT Women's Champion. But being the WWE Divas Champion also has certain obligations and appearances you must fulfill, and you can't do both. So I'm stripping you of the NXT Women's Title so you can fulfill your duties as the Divas Champion. Which boo, but whatever. Yeah, it's a bit of a lame duck way to end there to end that end the the first the reign of the first champion who'd been champion for 300 days but it it is what it is at this point and so they run a tournament to crown a new women's champion that culminates at nxt takeover 
Uh, NXT takeovers are the a quarter the quarterly uh, WWE Network exclusive events, special events for NXT. Basically, the, they're basically our pay per views for the sake of understanding their narrative importance. Yeah. And the first one was called NXT Arrival. The second one was called NXT Takeover. Then they realized that. NXT TakeOver was actually a pretty cool brand name, so all of them going forward are NXT TakeOver, insert rest of the title here. <laughs> and so, but at the OG NXT TakeOver, Charlotte beat uh, Natalia Neidhart, uh, daughter of Jim Neidhart, but most importantly, uh, her uncle is Bret Hart. That's the important part that you <laughs> remember, is who her uncle is, not her dad. No one cares. Um... They had a fantastic technical match, and Charlotte became the NXT, uh, NXT Women's Champion. And that is where we start this series of episodes, because this is a, this is a special uh, arc where we will be covering all of, instead of watching one individual episode and a kind of talking about all of it, we are going to be following one storyline across many episodes. It, because it is a four is, is, is again 14 months between the start of NXT takeover and the last NXT takeover match we're gonna watch and I wanted to get the full journey as opposed to following it at, only from NXT takeovers yeah no um and and I mean I really did like the format um mm -hmm. as I as I kind of remarked uh when we when we originally did this um it felt really cool to streamline it like this because it it gave this storyline uh it made it feel so like it had a really satisfying through line um mm -hmm. putting it all in sequence like this really puts in perspective like how consistent the storytelling was um and how they were able to carry over um a lot of nice little beats from episode to episode to um to really create a full narrative, even though it's like a small portion of each ep of each NXT episode. Yeah. So we covered uh, about a dozen segments across uh, the June 5th, 2014 episode of NXT all the way to the September 11th, 2014 NXT episode, also known as NXT takeover fatal four way. So if mm -hmm. you're watching at home, that's a lot of hours to watch. So if you're going to watch, if you want to watch something that we watch, I would recommend watching NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. There's a nice video package before the match that covers the important stuff of the women's title match that happens on that show. Yeah, no. Um, I highly recommend finding the timestamps for just the women's. Because, um, like I said, if, if it weren't for, like, the, the sheer volume of matches we watched in this... Um, being unrealistic to like cram into like one night to just have the same performance do over and over and over again. It feels like all of these segments put together could just be their own episode. Like that's yeah. how that's how streamlined it all feels. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. I highly recommend checking out. Yes, you can watch NXT. All of NXT is now on Peacock, mm -hmm. uh, NBC streaming service that now houses all of WWE's content. It is available. For 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 the WWE content, you need to be on the four ninety nine a month tier uh, to get it with ads, and the nine ninety nine a month tier to get it with not ads. Sorry, this stuff is hard to find without paying for it. True, such as, such as how this goes. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, in it, I'm sure if you if you at least Google the match, if you at least Google the match that you're that that happens at NXT Takeover, you can, you can find, find it. it on Right, but if the full show, you know, it's behind the paywall as most wrestling content is. So then we can, I think we can go ahead and get started with our back half. Yeah, I know. <laughs> our back half starts right now. Indeed. So uh, I have deleted already all many of my notes from the first time through, oh, no. but I am sure that I will be able to remember what happens. Yeah, you'll have to guide me through a little bit because I remember like pretty much everything. I'm fuzzy on the sequence in which it all happened. Yeah, that's fair. So the first thing we get to see is uh, the June 5th episode where we skip the match that happens. Uh, Charlotte beats Becky Lynch, I want to say. No, Charlotte beats Bailey. Yeah, no, it wasn't we Becky skip- Lynch. Becky Lynch hadn't showed up yet. Right, right, right. Charlotte beats Bailey, but the important narrative thread is that this was Summer Rae's return to NXT. Uh, In the intervening, Summer had been called up specific, especially to work on WWE's Total Divas reality show that airs on the E Network. It's actually very successful. If you're into reality show trash, I'd recommend checking it out. By the way, this Um, seems so bad, dude. It is bad, but in an entertaining way. If you make me watch it for the show, I will literally murder you. Anyway. I will not. I will not. I, I don't want to watch it for the show. Oh, merciful God. Okay. But if uh, you want bonus content for this channel, please yeah, let me that'll, watch that'll it. Be, Total that'll be our, our next tier on Patreon is, yeah. is we get enough people subscribing to like five bucks a month or something and we'll cover fucking uh, Total Divas or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the so, so Summer Rae has been gone. And Charlotte and Sasha made up for it by they made a little stick figure with a picture of Summer's face on it as the replacement for Summer. But, you know, in the meantime, Charlotte became the NXT Women's Champion. And then Summer came back. And it's just like, hey, guys, you have me back. You know, we're BFFs. It's going to be exactly the same as before. Yeah, her ego inflated, you know, bigger than than a hot air balloon. But, you know. Yep. So good times uh, and, and, also- and, and, and to kind of preface this a little bit the the cool thing about the story as we followed it when we watched was it kind of splits itself very naturally into two acts mm-hmm. the first it act does, being I- the story of the downfall of the bffs and the second act being the rise of bailey spoiler warning about where this bffs thing is going if you couldn't already well, tell from the setup where this yeah. is gonna go mm-hmm. uh so, also, it featured the return of Emma and Paige from to NXT to help Bailey, setting up on the June 12th episode of NXT a six-woman tag match between Bailey, Emma, and Paige against the BFFs. Yes. And it was a really solid match. Um, David, you had pointed out the lat- in that first match is that, like, the BFFs worked really, really well together until their own egos got in the way. Yeah, and and, and and as I pointed out, it, it doesn't it's not even it's not even and I think this is pretty directly paraphrasing what I said like the first time we did this, but it's not even like a hangman and Kenny Omega sort of thing where they're like their personality conflicts make their in ring work suffer. It really doesn't. They work even even if they're like clashing backstage. The, what's cool narratively about them is that they still like work very, very well as a unit uh, in ring. There's this great moment 
where they get um oh who was it um, Emma Emma was getting beat yeah, up all match yeah 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 they they get Emma in a corner and they just start like triple teaming her like one of them will hit Emma and then tag out to the next one who will jump in hit Emma and they just cycle through this for a minute or two uh and it's it's just great it was this really great moment of coordination a really distinct image that's going to stay in my mind for a while um and they pulled off that really solid coordination even if backstage like they're starting to butt heads the point it becomes a problem is when their egos and personality conflicts get so in the so in the way that they actively start like sabotaging each other from outside of ring Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes an issue. Is is um, is they do something to either implicitly or explicitly screw over their teammates. Yeah, and it ex- and it especially becomes a Charlotte and Sasha versus Summer situation. Like absolutely, they, they all they use they they mess if they are screwing over anybody, they're screwing over Summer. But then Summer like screws over them because at one point she just leaves the match to go take selfies with fans in the front row. Yep, and they're lo- and then when they come over to be like, hey. Could you come back to the match? She's kind of offended that they were like, what? They they yeah, were like mad at her. Yep. Oh yeah. It's uh it's very unfortunate. Oof. But yeah, Emma uh spends the entire match getting beat up. She's in there 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. But then uh Bailey comes in, get she gets the tag to Bailey. Bailey coming in like a house of fire, just taking everybody down. True. And eventually she is able to get the pin. On Charlotte, who is the champion, you might recall. Yep. Uh, Paige is there. Paige, I, as yeah. I I laughed at the I laughed at this when it happened, but you know, Paige, she is the NXT she is the Divas champion. She's the clear fan favorite because she was the champion for forever in NXT. Mm-hmm. And then like she literally never tags into the match. She hits like yeah. a couple of moves at when it it kind of breaks down to that classic tag formula of like everybody running in to get a hit by other people's moves until there's yeah. only two people left. She does she does some stuff with that. But then otherwise she does nothing the entire match. Yeah, she uh she she uh slowly peels her shirt off for nothing. What a what a what a what a farewell for I know. Paige. I know. What a swan. Hey, at least she go at least at least she gets to go be in the big girl leagues now, which is uh amazing. Yeah, she she'd go to be a pretty solid Divas champion. True. Long may she reign. Anyway, rip her career. Uh, let's not think about. Yes, Paige is a sad story that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, let's not. Uh, think right. I don't want to go there right now. Anyway, so after the match, they're bickering in the locker. The BFFs are bickering in the locker room, and then suddenly Alexa Bliss uh, comes to just pick up her stuff from her locker, just trying to do her thing, and Sasha gets really offended, as if like. Alexa has no reason to be in this locker room. True. And Alexa's like, whoa, I'm not here for a fight, but how about a match next week? <laughs> and Sasha's like, all right, you're on. All right, you're Which leads into the June 19th, 2014 episode with Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. And, okay. you know, it's, yeah, I think it was a fun little match. It's not very long, and it's been Alexa is very, very green at this point. So, but she's got some fun athleticism to it. Uh, she has she's in her pixie cheerleader uh, um, uh, persona, which is always a little bit weird to remember that she had because she's yeah. come a very long way from that. <laughs> True, but you know, so she has she does her thing, and then Sasha 
But then uh, in fighting, Charlotte and Summer start picking fights with each other at ringside for the dumbest reasons. Because, of course, yeah. Summer's like, 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 why are you touching my hair, yo? Yeah, and so they're arguing, distract Sasha, allowing Alexa Bliss to roll her up for the win. You hate to see it. Indeed you do. I'm sure that next week their fortunes will be a lot better. Totally. Anyway, next week is June 26, 2014 episode of NXT. We get Summer Rae in action against Becky Lynch. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and she's dancing. Becky Lynch is an Irish step dancer. Yep. She's from Ireland, so and I, I guess that's what her character has to be, David. It was either this, the leprechaun, or a drunk who fights people. Like there you have three options. But 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 <laughs> that, and she's, that that's so stupid. Like 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 that that would that's just like saying like everyone who, who every American fighter has to have one of three personalities that are all like really derivative of the most stereotypical parts of American culture. No, 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 Dave. No, 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 David. American wrestlers are allowed to have any number of personality traits. It's foreign wrestlers that have to get, have to be the stereotypes. That, uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta know how this goes. Long live America and the WWE. God damn it. Okay. Anyway, to the match is it's, more of the same, more, more of infighting. Well, no, no, that's not infighting this time. It's more of Summer keeps getting herself into trouble and she keeps asking for help. And Charlotte and Sasha are like, no. Yeah. I don't think she so. thought. And it ends up with Becky getting the dub on right. Summer Ray. And uh, we, we yeah. get the great face of Summer like, like looking on and like, Summer is a delightful cartoon character of a human. Um, she's she's a lot of fun in just that. Like she's she everything she plays up is very over the top. Um, mm -hmm. but it's entertaining. It somehow it doesn't wear out its welcome because she's she's very much like like this very like you know. I'm the center of attention and I'm a movie star lies and I'm the best and yada, yada, yada. And I'm so pretty and whatever. Um, but maybe it's just cause I only saw like a, a, a blessed little bit of it. Um, I mean, that is her character. Yes. But, but she plays it very well. And then it extends to her credit to, um, to her ring work where mm -hmm. she is, where she sells very over the top. Um, and at least it feels holistic, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all very fun to me to see her 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 hamming around, hamming it up, clowning around here, and it and it seems like uh the split is a is 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 inevitable. Um, I will say with my I think my favorite hammy thing that she did in this entire episode is this series of episodes was I think I want to say it was during the sixth tag the six person tag from a couple of the episodes back when is that while they're after they lose they're just constantly arguing with each other on the way out and sh after she leaves to go she's still even while they're still arguing she still stops at the top of the ramp 
to do her pose. <laughs> Even while they're all just yelling at each other. It was the funniest thing. I do have to give her credit for, for consistent branding. Um, You've got to hit the post. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, as a character, that's a great little detail uh, that I can, mm -hmm. that I can really appreciate. Um, it's kind of sad that from what I gather of what you said of her, she kind of just peters out without, without much fanfare, but, yep. uh, but which is, I, which is it's a shame, but kudos to her, like, you know, putting in the work that she did to, to create this, uh, um very uh this very petty sort of heel yep it, she's pretty great um then we get the july 3rd episode of mm -hmm. nxt yes we do that i know we're at here is we get the july 3rd episode with the four horsewomen tag team match where mm -hmm. it is charlotte and sasha sand summer very conspicuous by her absence here Taking on Bailey and Becky Lynch, as Bailey has said, she's got a new best friend. She definitely likes hugs, yeah. it, and it's Becky. It's Becky, and so, and so they're they're having having their two on two tag team matches. As, as I mentioned again, this the legend of the four horsewomen like, as a thing hadn't really been a thing yet. So this is one of the like now it's a big thing. And that's and there's mm -hmm. there's like gravitas to the idea of these four women having a tag team match together. But this is before that's that's there's that level of like oh this is actually a big deal and really cool so it there it's it's this kind of fun thing to look back on to see like oh when these kind of interactions happen <laughs> yeah no uh there is a um there there's a there's a there's a little bit of a cuteness there of just like we have these two very go lucky happy go lucky um um uh faces dear god i forgot the term for a second um that, that that are just so happy to be here and it does um it does contrast very well to the very uh angry heels that are that that are uh, going up against them uh it creates a it, it, it it's it's kind of cool because like on one hand it continues to set up Bailey for what's to come with her and Charlotte. Um, and it gets to showcase, you know, horsewoman Becky Lynch, uh, just starting out. Um, but just from the very simple, you know, I'm sure what was kind of thoughtless. Oh, you know, we just put the two cute new fresh face yeah. faces together. Um, it does, it does make for kind of cool little thing of, they're pairing them up against the the very top dog, petty bitchy uh, uh, heels that that we are that we're running at this point. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say that like bringing out Becky just starting out here is like she's still doing the Irish River Dance thing, but at the same mm -hmm. time you can still you can still tell she's very talented. Like in the in in the ring during the matches, it's it's it, she's still really good. You know, take take out those little goofy bits where she has to start doing dance, start dancing, to really get over that this is her thing. But she's she's really good. She she really shows a lot of 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 skill in the ring, and she'll get to show that off way more in the future. Yeah, uh, not shocked. Again, just the horsewomen. Even even in this match, even with uh it, with Becky being brand spanking new, you you see why they're the horsewomen. Um, mm -hmm. their in ring chemistry together is awesome, and um, just the work that each of them are capable of pull of uh, putting in, it's very promising. Yeah, 
definitely. So the 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 mean heels are mean heels. They they get the dub. They beat they they uh, they beat down both of them. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know there was some drama as the as Sasha took the time after the match to start doing trash talking with Becky. She's yeah. all that, that is one of the I think the important thing to get across about Sasha's character. She's very uh, 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 aggressive, and <laughs> and like I think I you we we called her malicious, at which is that works really well. But she's always mm-hmm. like in your face talking shit. Yeah, and she she truly is the boss. Mm. And 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 she she knows it. She'll let you know that. Um, mm-hmm. But what's what's great about what's great about Sasha is she feels conniving, but not in a not in a tired, contrived way. Um, like a, it doesn't feel like this sort of very stereotypical mean girl sort of like she's mm-hmm. not feeling like the Regina George trope, um, and it and it doesn't feel like you know your your sort of basic heel he 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 I'm so bad sort of thing. Um, she is just very aggressive about everything, about everything she wants. Um, and she plays that, she plays that really well, where she knows she has the power to back up, uh, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. scheme she pulls to get her way. Yeah. Um, and so it, it allows her to be kind of compelling in her flat evilness. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Sasha does the trash talking, but Charlotte walks out. She does not get involved in this. She's like, I'm just I'm mm-hmm. leaving. I'm out of here. And then yeah. later in the night, you know, even in Vic, even in victory, you know, they're in the locker room and Sasha's like, What was that? Why did you just leave me out there? And so, yeah. so it's like, you know what? I kind of don't think I need you anymore. I kind of don't think we should be for she should be tag team partners anymore. Exactly. And she gives the, she's like, we can still be, she gives that, like, we can still be friends, you know, mm-hmm. the kind that say hello when they're passing in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Which I almost have to wonder, um, how much of that, because, because we talked last time about how, um, what's cool about Charlotte's character is this very, um, you know, calculating, uh, desire to continue to ascend. Um, Again, probably very much fueled by her status as a legacy and just feeling, you know, like she should be the best. She this runs in her veins. Uh, you know, they have those very uncomfy, genetically superior quotes from her. Um, like it's yeah. it's, it's it's like it's I'm entitled to it, but I have the I have the ability to back up that entitlement. Um, mm-hmm. but I almost wonder, you know, with just now talking or revisiting Sasha's maliciousness as we like to put it and part of it too is like in there they're trying to imply that charlotte's almost like seeing the writing on the wall with sasha of like she's gonna become a problem you know she was already kind of a problem in the um i, I mean i mean you know the whole of the uh the whole of the bffs kind of became dysfunctional mostly catalyzed by summer um but mm-hmm. if that fell apart could Sasha also, you know, go down the drain? Is she going to become a problem? So I wonder if they're playing it too, of like, of Charlotte making a tactical move, of like cutting off before the before the Charlotte becomes, you know, like a a, a parasite. That's the way I take it. That's the way I took it. Is this is this kind of like, as like Summer was the thing that managed to keep them together when they were mm-hmm. together, and now that she's all she's so up her own ass. 
that it's affecting them. Now yeah. that it's just them, it's not working either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like summer when she was the definitive leader in charge, that when there was the correct hierarchy, it was all fine. But now summer left and then came back, and Charlotte became champion. Everything is all mixed up, and it's not working at all. Absolutely. Um, which again, um, is funny because for the most part, they work very, they still work very well together in ring, and it seemed up to that point like they were getting along. Right, but it's as soon as as soon as it stops being about wrestling, and it's just their personalities. Yeah, crash. Yup, yeah. And again, Charlotte being Charlotte, she's gonna she's she has no problem. Um, She's got no problem dumping friends. She's already dumped two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, She she seems like she seems like she enjoys, or not even she enjoys. She she knows she has to use people to get what she wants, and then when they're no longer of use to her, she can be like, "All right, bye." And almost seem like it almost seems like she doesn't see much wrong with that. Um, no, I is, definitely, I definitely think she sees absolutely no issue with what she does. It, it's it's such a it cool, it's such a cool heel character, dude. Like I, I really, really enjoy how Charlotte is played. Um, where it, again, it's just again after after the divas being so one dimensional um seeing seeing you know female characters cuz even like even in the um the 90s and even even in the new generation ladies match we watched with Bold Nakano there wasn't all that much character there to be seen um with the with the lady wrestlers whereas mm-hmm. here um we get these characters that are that are functioning as real people in their own little microcosm story and it it, it is it is very effective um and i think I, I i think just it feels like a lot of effort was put into making these characters work on their own without needing to you know be under some overarching you know like it's the girls division divas sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah so then from there we go to the July 10th episode where uh Summer Ray faces Bailey in a number 1 contenders match. Uh yep. winner will become the number 1 will be the number 1 contender. They will face Charlotte for the NXT Women's title. And then, and you know, I I paid, you know, I paid um uh, I gave credit uh for the f- next time we do a number 1 contenders match for having this air of like it could make storyline sense of if this goes either way. I yeah. feel like I should also mention that for this one. I didn't give it credit for that, but obvi- Summer Ray seems like the obvious ploy to make, considering you know the BFFs are imploding on themselves. Mm-hmm. But then ba- you have Bailey, who has not only beaten Charlotte but also has this unsettled history with her, because the only reason Charlotte was ever in the BFFs is because she turned on Bailey. Yeah. So it could have worked either way. Yeah. The 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 um. It, it, again, it's a it's a fully realized story. That's it's 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 sad that like I'm so impressed by them clearing that low bar. Um, but but I am. It's it's mm-hmm. um they they really put thought into the character development and the implications of what happens between these people. It's mm-hmm. not like oh look we have twins that switch places and it's we're gonna be goofy about it and it doesn't really matter. It's 
it's look at these characters with full lives and full histories uh, and, you know, full personalities bounce off each other. Thank God, finally. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to no Uh, longer be impressed by that very basic accomplishment. Hey. Um, Then, you know, Summer beats Bailey uh, in a pretty decent match. And now it's set up like, okay, if there was any hope of the BFFs, uh, which there isn't really, but if there was any chance of reconciliation at all, well, there goes that. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Summer and Charlotte are set to collide for the NXT women's title. Uh, then, uh, July 17th episode of Raw, we skipped this one because all it is is Sasha Banks beating Alexa Bliss in a rematch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a way to be like establish Sasha as a threat again on her own after taking the loss to Alexa by fluky shenanigans. So this is this is her way to kind of build her back up, which is important, but for her, but also not important for us to actually watch. And mm-hmm. when we're trying to tell a streamlined kind of story, precisely. Yeah. So then we move on to the July twenty fourth episode of NXT, and for, we get the this conversation in the mirror between Summer Rae and Sasha Banks, where Summer is kind of like is trying to give the we can still be friends pitch to Sasha. And Sasha's kind of like calling bullshit on this. She's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Summer tries to play off of the fact that like, we've both been betrayed by Charlotte. And Sasha's like, mm, calm down there. I don't like you either. Yeah. Hold up. Hold, hold up. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, and so Summer's ploy just falls flat on its face, and it's very... Though we do get the great uh, phrase, the summer of summer. Yeah, I know. Amazing line. Yeah. But after a, their meaningful conversation in front of the mirror, which, as you as you mentioned the first time, was shot very coolly. Very it's, well. I, I, I really appreciate when WWE can get cinematic, when wrestling shows on a whole can get cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um... Because because they're they're made to feel right like like reality shows basically sports mm-hmm. sports entertainment meets very trashy reality show, um, so the moments where they're able to kind of rise above that in some way, I I I, I I'm of two minds on it because I wish we got a lot more of that because I love dynamic I love seeing dynamic camera work here, um. But what's so part of why I love seeing it so much is because it is kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. In terms of, um, in, in 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 terms of in terms of like what we usually see, and I almost have to wonder if they did more of that, if it wouldn't feel like as cool. So I love when we get. I I I what I I, I guess I'll cop to this. I I wish we got we got it where more pivotal moments got little flares like that um Mm -hmm. because because they did have this great shot of we're looking at summer and sasha through the mirror um yeah we don't we're not we're not looking at them head on uh it's all we their reflection is being recorded and then when sasha walks off we get summer turning away and the camera turns and all of a sudden we see summer's like actual head and then the camera turns back and it's the mirror and Sasha's gone. Um, yeah. And it, it it is this cool little like, um, it, just the way the way that they're framed within the 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 reflection of the mirror. Um, 
it, you know, it almost feels like a picture frame of sorts, which is, uh, which is, you know, cuts away and cuts back to Sasha no longer, or to, yeah, to Sasha no longer being there and it's only Summer. It's almost as if to visually say Sasha is quite literally out of the picture. I don't know. It, yeah. it was just, a, it was no. just such a cool touch and like, yay, artistic moment. Yes, it was a very fun little artistic moment. I under 100%. Uh, we have our match, Charlotte uh, versus Summer Rae for the NXT Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. I doubt the result was ever, ever really much in doubt because this is very much Summer Swan Song story in NXT. Pa- Paige and Emma kind of get this like farewell match situation because neither of them are really in any big, they have any really like big thematic ties to deal with before they can just yep. leave. But Summer has the lingering thread of the BFFs. And mm-hmm. so they needed to kind of facilitate this breakup so that we can stop having Summer Ray's head on a stick for a while, for the rest of time. So, and so Charlotte and Summer, you know, Charlotte beats Summer to keep the title. And it's actually a pretty solid match. It, it plays very well to both their strengths. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very, it's a fun match. Uh, I'd probably, as I is going to reiterate this, it's the July 24th, 2014 episode of NXT. It's probably, it might be worth looking into that, going to going back and finding it. If you, if you like the uh, match that from TakeOver that yep. I advertised earlier and you want to watch a little bit more, uh, Charlotte and Summer Rae is not bad. Yeah, uh, it's, it's um, Charlotte. I mean, I mean, Charlotte, any, any match with Charlotte is great. And, Mm-hmm. Up against the very cartoony summer, um, with the stakes thrown in, uh, it is. It does feel it's a very, it's a very solid match overall. Yeah. Uh, then we go to the July thirty first episode of NXT. Uh, Charlotte beats Becky Lynch. We didn't watch it because it's not important, mm-hmm. but I believe this is actually last, so Becky's last match in the in the Irish dancing shit. Yeah, I will confirm that next uh, later. I'll try to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's her last match under with that gimmick. So, yep. but Charlotte gets the dub, and then we get the backstage interview where Bailey is is being interviewed, and she's asked about how she feels about the BFFs breaking up, and she's kind of like, "Well, you know, they were kind of mean to me, so you know, not yeah, unhappy I, I, about I it." No, pretty good, and she starts stating her case that like, "Hey." I beat Charlotte, so I should get my shot at the NXT yep. title. And Charlotte just pops into frame to interrupt to be like, hey, keep your name out of my mouth. Yep. Or keep my name out of your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Um, as I pointed out last time, Charlotte, as part of her very great character, does this really uh this really interesting thing where she's not playing it as like she's trying to do direct animosity with Bailey. She plays it as like almost like concern trolling for Bailey. Like, like, hey, you're going down a road that you don't want to go down. If you do this, I am going to have to kick your ass. I'm going to have to embarrass you on live TV. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't wanna. Um, so it, it, it keeps her from being, you know, very like it keeps her from being a generic threat. Like, obviously, of course. Part of her is, uh, you know, implicitly never going to be generic because, again, Charlotte Flair. Uh, and she does have the personal stakes with with Bailey of, like, you know, top 10 anime betrayals. But um, playing it from an angle of, like, of, like, the dutiful heel, the I have to do this, um, e- e- insincere as it may have been coming from her, that's not, that's not a beat we get to see played out a whole lot. Um 
so it's it's uh it's it's a kind of unique uh storytelling thing they do um but the cool thing about it is or the compelling thing about it is i should i should say that it is she isn't you know being fully sincere about that there is a part of her that's like reveling in it and it's almost her trying to like psychologically manipulate bailey away from giving her a run for money and i almost have to wonder if it's like she's scared of bailey's prospects i mean i think bay i think bailey the character takes it that way like she uh, we'll talk more about it with her Mm -hmm. next bit but she very much sees sees uh sees it as charlotte's not taking her seriously and trying to mess with her because she knows that bailey can beat her yep uh but uh moving on the august 7th uh episode of nxt has bailey beating eva marie i've used this description for david a lot but it still works and this is my first time saying it on camera is Uh eva marie is summer ray if summer ray was very bad yeah Uh, um and bailey gets that win to kind of just make her look you know work you know get a get a win to build her up for uh-huh. the next thing which is the august 14th episode of nxt where uh we will get bailey and sasha in a number one contenders match and they have the interaction backstage where bailey is just doing her thing you know getting yeah. ready and then sasha decides to burst in and be like who do you think you are yep to which she of course answers i'm bailey which is so cute yeah so but then sasha just keeps running down bailey is like you will never be nxt women's champion before me and bailey's bailey kind of takes it all in stride she's like i'm i'm gonna win tonight you're you're clearly just you're still kind of bent out of shape at the bffs and i think she has the line of you you need it you want a hug sasha and it's not coming from me (laughs) oh well, again, again, uh, the we were, we were talking earlier about Bailey's sort of um, um, the, the 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 greater level of sincerity to her um, to her shtick. And again, what's interesting is that she still does have that smugness and that kind of like almost it's it's not holier than thou, but that that kind of like I know the uh, I, I'm going to play the game along with you, and I'm going to be proud of myself for doing it. But mm-hmm. it. It it, it 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 doesn't feel like it comes from from a place of like conceitedness somehow. It it it, mm-hmm. it comes from like you know her both IRL and then you know translated over to kayfabe status of being like a lifelong fan. And it comes across a lot more of her like knowing how the game is played and like almost studying the blade when it comes to like learning how to play ball with 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 the <laughs> the jaded dickish industry members um, while you while you were becoming the boss I yeah yeah exactly i was blade. i was studying the hug um hey yeah um because because like she seems to be like really enjoying that she gets to throw these zingers around like it's like it's mm-hmm. smug and it's it's uh it's definitely like um it's definitely pointed and meant to like meant to sting a little um but it's a she does it with a smile on her face that almost seems to say like like internally like hey, that was a good one good job Bailey <laughs> yeah Bailey. go me yeah go go me go me, go me. really it's, got him on that one I can't fully articulate why that doesn't bother me and why that doesn't annoy me as a character where if like Cena did something like that it would get under my skin but it it just it just doesn't somehow mm-hmm. and I can't explain it but it's I just love these little moments again I'm Bailey 
I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't explain it either. So Bailey and Sasha, um, I mentioned this with the Summer and Bailey match, but obviously they do a really good job of setting up this match to where either woman could win. It feels like it would make sense. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what they're gonna do. So you don't necessarily know, or you're not a hundred percent sure how where this is gonna go. Yeah. And so Bailey gets the win in a great match. Bailey and Sasha have always had fantastic chemistry with each other. And we're mm-hmm. going to see that plenty of times going forward. Oh, yeah. But Bailey gets the dub. She's the new number one contender. And it's set for NXT TakeOver, Fatal 4-Way. I've been carefully avoiding mentioning where this goes to keep up with it, keep the story going, is it is Bailey versus Charlotte. Mm. So moving on to the August 21st episode of Raw. Uh, NXT, excuse me. Uh, yes, uh, this is Be- Charlotte beats Becky again. Would we skip this match? This is Becky's first match under her new character. That I'm keeping yeah. that tight lipped until we see it for the first time on our next time we do this episode, this this uh, era. But this is this is when her character change happens. She only wrestled as the Irish dancer like three times. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, uh, it was funny to see as like a time capsule thing, but Jesus Christ, if that became our entire NXT shtick, I'd yeah, got no. old real quick. Like it, it is funny as a novelty, especially knowing that she'll have much more success later. <laughs> but uh, it, it is a one, extremely one note character that can't really go anywhere. Exactly, because even if you try to give her emotional depth. You're still stuck with her Irish river dancing all the time. God, I know. So, moving on. August 28th, 2014 episode. Bailey and Sasha have a rematch that we don't watch. Sasha was basically like, double or nothing! Yeah. On the on the number one contendership thing, and she just loses again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sasha. Oof. Uh, your time will come, Sasha, but this wasn't it. Um, yeah, yeah, you can't. Like, like, like again, it ultimately makes sense. Like, if you're putting up against mm-hmm. Bailey for the double or nothing, yeah, no, this is this is not going to turn out well for you. Sorry, mm-hmm. fam. Oof. But we didn't watch that match because I felt it was redundant. But we do watch the stuff that came afterwards, where Bailey is being interviewed in the ring. She's talking about how excited she is. And how hard she's been working, she explicitly uses the metaphor of like referencing like a, a motivational poster of a cat hanging from a tree that says, hang in there. And she's ready to go. And then here comes Charlotte to interrupt. And, and immediately she shits all over the, tr- the cat metaphor where she suggests that if she saw a cat hanging from a tree, she would merely kick it out of the tree. Because you know what? <laughs> Life's tough. Oh my god. And it's a very it's it's following a lot of the same beats we already mentioned during during the first interaction between Charlotte and Bailey of her kind of being like this this is tough and if you fight me I'm just going to have to b- kick your ass and I don't want to do that. So just give up Bailey, grow up and don't try to fight me. And but yeah, Bailey bites back. Um she does. Which is great. And again, it's 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 very much, I know how this game is played. You think you can get one over on me because I'm new and I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but you forget that I've been prepping for this for as long as I've, you know, been able to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
she revels she revels in her her ability to to keep pace with um uh keep pace with charlotte and the rest of them so to speak yeah and we get we get a lot of fun interactions with the crowd on this one because the crowd is not having any of charlotte at all oh i know they boo her constantly to leads to her constantly being like hey stop talking i'm trying to talk i know she even she even then tries to like play it off uh later when bailey's talking like like hey bailey's trying to talk here like again feigning the um feigning the care about her opponent sort of thing yeah. to kind of throw her off yeah which also had my one of my favorite you know i thought beck bailey did a hell of a job with this i don't know how scripted this moment would have been because you know it's a, a live crowd acting like that you can't really prepare for that kind of thing mm -hmm. but if but scripted or not or improv it still came off really well of like bailey's first line is dirt while charlotte is jaw jacking with the crowd she's like hey 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 I'm right here. Look yeah. at me. Yeah, I'm yeah. a threat to you. I think that was a great moment for me. It makes it makes for a really effective, um, a really effective moment where hmm. she asserts her power, and we come to understand: yes, Bailey can absolutely hold her own against yeah. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Uh, then I forgot to mention that we have the handshake motif throughout this whole story oh yeah after, i forgot about that yes after the after bailey wins the number one contendership match charlotte comes out to congrat to ostensibly congratulate her bailey is suspicious and so she initially kind of rejects her offer of a handshake and it's not until charlotte raises her hand in victory that bailey's willing to do that willing to shake her hand yep. and so this time fast forward to now bailey offers in in good faith to shake hands almost as a make good for what happened the first time all you could argue and charlotte's just like nah fuck that as if as i took it as like i as the champion can offer you a handshake because i'm the champion you can't mm. offer me one yeah that's the way i read that and she just kind of walks off as like i warned you about this <laughs> yes and so that's that and then the september 4th 2014 episode, the last episode before TakeOver. Um, Charlotte beats Alexa Bliss in a quick match to kind of just give her a W before the pay before the TakeOver. And out comes Bailey to uh, talk to Charlotte again. And Bailey offers the handshake one more time. Right, no, it goes the other way, Doug. I forget which way this goes. Oh, God. I think... Oh, no. Because one of the times Charlotte offers it and Bailey rejects. Yeah, and then and then when Bailey offers and Char I remember how this ends. I don't remember who offered <sighs> on this one. I think I think it was no. Okay, so it, it was it was Bailey gets the dub against Sasha. Charlotte shakes her hand, mm -hmm. and then Bailey tries to go for a handshake with Sasha, or tr tries to go with a hand go for a handshake with Charlotte. And then Charlotte rejects. And then Charlotte offers the handshake and is like, this is what okay. we wanted. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Is is this what you wanted, right? And of course the crowd is like, don't do it. This is so a trap. It's a trap. It was a, a trap. <laughs> uh, you know, or but thankfully Bailey also isn't dumb and kind of sees this for what Charlotte's trying. And so whatever Charlotte tries to do doesn't work. And Bailey is able to hit her with the Bailey to belly and then 
grabs her title belt and is like, yeah, I'm going to win this. And Charlotte is yeah. just fuming about it the whole time. Yeah, I know. Um, which I, which I mentioned another fun layer to Charlotte's, um, Charlotte's, uh, character here is she doesn't almost surprisingly, she doesn't really like go and attack Bailey for, for doing that. Once she's trying to uh, uphold this sense of decorum, like, like mm -hmm. I'm the legacy and I, uh, I respect the rule uh, in yeah, some way I'm, or other. I'm above such petty nonsense, which could arguably yeah. be part another part of how her her and Sasha fell apart. Because Sasha clearly yeah. doesn't have that attitude about it. Uh, yeah, no, she. Uh, I, I, I mean, again, she Charlotte wants, or she, yeah, Charlotte wants to do things her way, and anybody who in who's any remote opposition to that or any remote obstacle to that, bye bye. Don't need them. Yeah, don't need them. And again, sure, there's this sense of arrogance about it too. Charlotte's like, "All right, well, you'll pay for this in ring." Yep. And then we cut to, uh, we go to NXT Takeover Fatal Four Way. Uh, we get a video package that sums up pretty much all of this. Uh, their inter their interviews are pretty standard fare, nothing worth really mentioning. But we get to the match, and it starts at Bailey. As I haven't really mentioned it on this part yet. But it is fascinating that um, that the evolution of the entrance music for Bailey, Sasha, and Becky, who uh, not Charlotte, because Charlotte starts with the same music she still has now, technically, um, which is a remix of this 2001: A Space Odyssey, which was Ric Flair's music. So, but Bailey, Sasha, and Becky all have um, have these kind of like generic songs before they get their kind of big license uh, song, their big license CFO themes that become, they become no, more known for. And it's kind of fascinating to see the evolution of their presentation in that way. And on this show is when Bailey debuts that song, her song. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to see things for me. Um, it's fun to see you react to some of this mm -hmm. stuff as like, you have direct experience with these characters uh, from like this being the impetus of your fandom. Um, so it's really cool to see like you giving these little historical tidbits that you know for, of just like you were marking, huh, that music is different. Oh, now it's what I'm used to. Um, so it's yeah, kind of cool to see it. from your perspective, like, like, like when things come into the uh, mainstream, uh, broadly accepted, this is what defines this character. Yeah, she comes out in the like the Sa Randy Savage s tassels that I did not remember that she did this early. Uh, looking Bailey looking great, and then out comes a Charlotte as the champ, and we have a match. And again, the match I think was fan was pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It, I'm of course it was. It was. It was really, really darn good. Mm-hmm. It kind of it um, is a match. It is a match that that is it that shows the technical competencies of Bailey, which I think you'd mentioned. We had kind of thrown out there. It's almost like there's like this expectation you'd you like you'd expect Charlotte would be technically skilled, you know, daughter. She of is, and, and she and, and she, she is. is, yeah. But Bailey is Bailey is able to kind of is kind of keep up with her relatively easily. And yeah. that's kind of a thing that you wouldn't necessarily expect from Bailey, who comes who comes with a more straightforward background. The comparison I just thought of, um, the the little blessings for as annoying as it is that we mm -hmm. had to re-record this, the little blessings of getting a little more time to like ruminate on this. You know what this almost feels like to me? 
is Bret that. Hart versus one, two, three kid. Um, and that I can you see the comparisons there. You have the experienced veteran versus the bright eyed, bushy tailed newbie. And there is a, there, it, it, it all, it like, like it, it has a lot of parallels. Um, you know, Brett is, Brett finds himself, or Brett and Charlotte both find themselves, um, you know, showing off their usual level of tactical skill, um, and at times overwhelmed by, um, by the fact that their opponent is keeping pace with them almost the entire time. Um, you know, the, the, the one, two, three, one, two, three kids slash Bailey, you know, find themselves in tough spots because they are going up against like a really, really well-established opponent. Um, and there, there's clearly a certain level of intimidation there, and they definitely fall prey to some, uh, to some follies of inexperience. Um, but from their kind of respective uh, aptitudes, they're able to find like little ways to 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 snake in and out mm -hmm. of that to to kind of to kind of overcome and rework and re-strategize on the spot, uh, and it creates this great little like tactical game between the two, um, and it ultimately ends where um the the less experienced gets a little too cocky lets their guard down a little too much and the the uh the veteran gets the dub simply because they were able to kind of get in just a, uh just enough uh enough of an edge from their experience from not falling into little tricks and traps yeah of of you know sophomore noobishness that uh, that their opponents did. Yeah, and and in a story, and I think both of them also end up being stories about respect. In that, you know, oh, Brett true. Has, Brett has one two respects one two three kid going in. Mm -hmm. He in the meantime, this is match I, is story narratively is about Bailey gaining Charlotte's respect, and that and you can see it in kind of the ending bit here of. Charlotte goes for a moonsault up off the top rope. Bailey's able to avoid that, and Bailey almost gets her. But Charlotte yep. is able to kind of maneuver herself in a position that she can throw Bailey off, and not just throw Bailey off. Also, uh, rocker like throw her down head first into one of the turnbuckles. Looked nasty. Sure, it was fine. But by that point, it's basically over, and Char and it and Charlotte treats it that way. She goes for the moonsault again. She hits it this time. Bailey and Bailey kicks out. And Charlotte is kind of like mad slash stunned about it. And yeah. Bailey is fighting hard, but you can also see in her face she's she's done. Like absolutely, she don't got anything left, you know. But she's still yeah. fighting. But this, she's running on empty. And so that's absolutely. why all it takes is Charlotte to hit one time, hit the bow down to the queen slash the natural selection for the win. And that's that's how the match. And that's how the match. Ends. But yep. her Bailey having fought so hard and having come so close gets Charlotte's respect. Yeah. Um, and what's really interesting about that is um yeah, there, there there's still this there's still this Charlotte has to play it where mm -hmm. she's above it all. Um, but there's something about how she responds to Bailey where she can kind of you can kind of tell there's a little bit of okay, fine, you're all right. You didn't Im you didn't embarrass yourself. You yeah. lost, but you but didn't you... embarrass yourself. And then 
Sasha shows and, up. And then comes Sasha, who I guess figured that this is the perfect time to settle that grudge with Bailey over mm-hmm. that two losses thing. Yeah, which, then, which at first you think she's just coming in to gloat, maybe try to reclaim her friend. Like, hey, bestie, you retained. Remember how we're besties, bestie? We're great. Um, but instead what she does is she she hops into the ring and starts wailing on, on, on Bailey. Oh, yeah, um, it's, it's bad. And it creates this great moment. There, again, what's what was so fun about watching this, aside from the streamlined nature of the story and aside from the fact that, oh, my God, actually good w- women's wrestling was just there were so many moments, just so many little hell yes moments that excited that, that excited the ever living goodness out of me to watch. And this one was kind of the final one where, um, you know, Charlotte turns her back on Charlotte and Charlotte or it, Charlotte turns her back on Sasha as Sasha kind of like hops into the ring. And as, um, as Sasha like kind of approaches Bailey and starts wailing on her, Charlotte like Charlotte's looking up at the monitor and she sees this and she turns around, and this is where that respect for Bailey kind of comes a bit to fruition because mm-hmm. she goes right the hell up to Sasha and pulls her off and is like, "No, you're not doing this." No, nah, no. Nah. Um, and that and that and that makes Sasha back off. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fighting her. A fight and a capable opponent today. I'm out of here. I know, which is a great highlight of like what a coward Sasha is in her character. Ultimately, where she's like she's malicious and um uh, uh maniacal, but uh she's also uh she she's also like focused on self preservationism in a way where she's not mm-hmm. gonna like risk it for the biscuit against Charlotte because she knows she could never fully stand up at this point to yeah, Charlotte. It could be it could be it, it'll be bad. It'll be a bad one. Yeah. So yeah, that, you know, that is, there's a little bit of like of like bark worse than bite here. Yeah. So that and that kind of ends our spot for the time being of Charlotte victorious as the champion, but also setting up where we're going next. Mm-hmm. Is Sasha a stat? Is that threat of Sasha is still lurking around? It's it, yeah. It was just a this. This was just a fun time overall. There were little. What what's what was cool for me was like there were little hokey things here and there that I that I riffed on, made fun of, and was like you know of course rolls eyes. WWE gonna WWE, but overall the the sum of its parts makes such a makes such a fantastic whole. That like you don't uh, little eye roll moments didn't really ruin anything for me mm-hmm. the entire time I was bought in. Um, partially again just because of the meme of yes, good women's wrestling. You know we we know why we're here and it's great to see. Yeah. Um, but just the more and more I think about it, the more little moments I I realize fully um, the the level of thought that went into this. Um, and the level of dedication and, you know, care for these women wrestlers, the respect for them. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it shines through absolutely really well. And they're all super duper talented. Uh, uh, pretty much everyone we saw tonight went on to have a very fruitful or, you know, tonight, quote unquote, went on to have a pretty friggin fruitful career within the company. Um, and. Yeah, I I just I can't wait to see this continue, this momentum continue and feel as though the story that's being told is one that the people working on it really care about and really want to see told to the fullest extent. And it's awesome. It's so cool. 
no um i've i enjoyed this greatly uh it's it's even even though for me this was my like my third time on through this even even in this time period because a little behind the scenes work of what i do of what i did here mm-hmm. is like having to time out everything means i kind of already had to see everything to yeah. kind of know like this is important uh also um for for a while there this wasn't on peacock so my job oh, was to God. kind of try to piece together a recording of sorts of the uh, of like a two hour supercut, which means also required me having to watch it again. Thank thankfully, I mean I hate that I had to spend that much time on it, but also it was it's it's high. I think that it was better for us as a viewing in terms of like higher quality kind of viewer viewing that it that Peacock just had the episodes up. Yeah, absolutely. and. So for me, even like even beyond thing of like I watched all this happen seven years ago, I'd also was like I've watched it twice in the last month. But yeah. even even on that through, I had a heck of a time watching it and actually getting to kind of really dissect and and follow along with the storyline. And I'm and like as I've said, this is only this is only about three months of time. We got four episodes of, of the podcast and about eleven months left of story to go. Yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, there there's a um, there's still a whole lot out there, which is exciting mm-hmm. because because for this streamlined story, it did feel like a lot happened. So the fact that we get like we're gonna get a really a really um, thorough narrative to this um, is another exciting aspect to it too, as well as just a lot of good matches because that's yep. the draw of NXT too. Is it uh, the 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 baggage is simpler. And mm-hmm. the the uh, the fighting is a might more plentiful. Yep, absolutely. Wrestling on my wrestling show couldn't be. What? What? No, that's dumb. No. Yeah, uh, do, do it. Do it. Do it the wrestlicious way. No, no wrestling whatsoever to be found on this wrestling <laughs> show. Now that we now that I think we've seen both sides of the proverbial coin. Uh, uh, for next time, let's let's go back to a bit of, to we finally closing out an arc. That I think neither of us have had any fun in. It's I've had time. tiny bits of fun. I've had a tiny. little bit of fun just being to getting to be like, oh, so this is the disaster that was the new generation. Yeah, it is as and bad a, a few, as a few, a few good matches. I mean, again, I pulled a great, I pulled a parallel to what we saw here from mm-hmm. the new generation, Heart versus One Two Three. So it it it's had its moments. But the main story we were here to see is just stupid. For as much as what I was a... talking tonight about about thorough story crafting, about about care and respect being put into all facets of production, this is very much the opposite. Let's go the opposite of that. It's SummerSlam 1994. It's The Undertaker versus, versus The Undertaker. Undertaker. But that is for next week. For now, David, hit the plugs. Absolutely. My friends, my wonderful friends, thank you for joining us for this um, slightly untraditional uh, episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We hope you had a great yeah, time. We know we did. Uh, we did. Second, second verse, uh, second time through, just as sweet. Um, uh, the lost ep- Hashtag the lost episode. Uh, no, but if this is if, if you are a returning listener, welcome, welcome, welcome back. We would like to thank you for once again allowing us into your earlobes for another week 
Uh, we hope you continue to, to keep coming back for more. If you're brand new to us, welcome. We are delighted to have you join us here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We welcome, shockingly, both noobs and knockouts alike. So whatever walk of wrestling fandom or lack thereof you come from, you are more than welcome in this space, and we are delighted to have you. If you would like to continue to keep joining us in this space and you're not entirely sure how to do so, I will tell you right now. First, you can find us on YouTube, the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, leave those comments, add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist. Austin, being the phenomenal show manager that he is, uh, has organized all of our arcs into very easy to find nice little organized playlists uh so if you want to follow i'm very our... sad that it doesn't work like that on spotify or i would love I, I, do- I would love to do that on the podcast stuff too but unfortunately that's not how that works organizationally yeah but if you do want to follow a specific storyline whether it be nxt here or what the hell we're talking about with constantly bitching about the divas or anything like that mm-hmm. uh you can find that all organized there it's awesome um, you can also find us on, speaking of the, the podcast places, three of the best places to find podcasts, which are Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, give us a rating, give us a follow, give us the old download arena. Um, just whatever you, uh, if you enjoy us, just, you know, uh, that, that sweet interaction, that, that little engagement boost is so much to kind of help us within the algorithm. And plus, if you're having a good time, I feel you just want to do those things anyway. Keep up to date with us. Make sure you can listen to us offline. Let us know in those ratings how you think we're doing on this show. All that good stuff. Uh, you can also find us on our social media. First on Twitter, we are at noobs. What? What? I'm just pointing it. I have. Oh, I have. It down oh, oh yeah, we have, a, we have a Twitter. We, we've we've switched. Um, we've switched uh, streaming collab softwares recently after so our little now fiasco. I can, now, now I, I a little can, display. We can, we, can, we can say we can have the Twitter handle down here. Yes, so you can find us on Twitter at noobs and Knox Pod. That's noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod. Um, we, uh, we we tweet out a whole bunch of different stuff, memes, uh, interaction with the wrestling fandom at large. Um, uh, we uh, we we will post whenever our um our our new episodes drop. All that sort Nor- of good normally stuff. sun normally Sundays at one. I feel like I have to throw that out there, considering this one is coming out. At a, a little late, yeah, 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 uh, and and also and also, uh, Austin, uh, it takes to takes the very delightfully monumental task of live tweeting the wrestling that he watches. My friend, what is coming up on the schedule this week? All right, so let's first and foremost, uh, normally every week I live tweet AEW Dynamite live on TNT at eight PM on Wednesday. Thank God they're back. No more basketball. Um, because, and why I live tweet out specifically because it is the one episode it is the one thing that I regularly watch live wrestling every week though I also of course follow Impact and WWE um, and uh, I won't be live tweeting uh, I don't know when I'm going to we're going to drop this episode but I will not be live tweeting on June 30th because we are recording a podcast episode that day it yeah. happens but very excited because in the month of July, AEW is going back on the road. So all of July, we're getting special episodes of Dynamite. Road Rager, uh, Fighter Fest, Nights 1 and 2, and Fight for the Fallen. It's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good time. But not only do I fought li- do we live tweet AEW Dynamite, we also live tweet pay-per-views, uh, WWE Impact and AEW, and wouldn't you know it? In July, WWE has a pay-per-view. Weird. It's almost like they do it every month. Uh, July On July 18th, 
live on, on the Peacock app. Uh, please refer to my previous explanation of how to of, of Peacock and it and its pricing. And you will get to watch Money in the Bank 2021. We've had a fun experiences on this show with Money in the Bank, haven't we? Oh. Thrill ups and downs. Ups and downs, my friend. It's my friend. So, it's uh, it's a uh, rough out there. Yes. So we have the Money in the Bank men's ladder match for the world for a shot at the world championship. It will be Ricochet, John Morrison, the John, the former Johnny Mundo. For people who have watched this show, regularly. yes. You know, boy. well, I'm going to throw this out there too. Ricochet is also the former Prince Puma. So this is a we got Lucha Underground all over the place around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have also have Matt Riddle, uh, who's like a stoner, but also good at kicking your ass. Uh, sure. Big E, who is just a really funny guy, who's also a power lifter, so he can kick your ass. Uh, Kevin Owens a, and Sami Zayn, as, as well as three more people. Then we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. In the last few years, they have added the they have added a women's Money in the Bank, and so far. We have uh, the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, Naomi, uh, Alexa Bliss, hopefully Sans creepy doll that is that al- that is that allows her to possess people. Nikki Cross, who is a superhero now, neat. Sure. And and Carmella will remember that name for later in this in this series of episodes, as well as hey. three more people for the women's Money in the Bank match. But we also have some regular matches too. We have the WWE Championship match. Bobby Lashley, the almighty. He is a, he's a big, mean son of a bitch, but he's taking on Kofi Kingston. Kofi! Yes, I would so love it if Kofi won the WWE title on Money in the Bank. I kind of want it. Want so in addition, hard. For the Raw Women's Championship, we have Rhea Ripley, the medalist of metalheads, against Charlotte Flair. You know her. She's still, she's still Charlotte. And then for the Universal Championship, we have the Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, the head of the table. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge Acknowledge him. Against the Rated R Superstar, Edge, for the Universal title. Uh, That is our card so far, but again, we are still a couple weeks away. They haven't even filled out every, but they haven't even included all the entrance and the Money in the Bank matches yet. Who knows what could get added and it is WWE's first show back with fans on the regular until they will be back on the road as well. So is the, July is going to be a very exciting time. Yes, huge, huge, huge stuff. So be sure to check all of that out. Uh, Austin does a great job with his live tweeting. Uh, it's always very insightful, very funny. Uh, some great reactions. Uh, it's just good shit overall. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Uh, uh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, you can also email us. We have a Gmail account. Uh, we are noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word, and this time knockouts pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach out to our show a bit more directly, uh, say hi, tell us what you think of the show, um, uh, you know, give us suggestions, things you want to see on future episodes, uh, what you what you like about the show, what you don't, just Tell us how beautiful and wonderful and sexy you think our voices are, and how we uh, how we should uh, do some some ASMR content because we just are, we just have that uh, that lovely a lilting bass going on, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we just love hearing from people. If you want to say hi, um, 
please do. And we'll definitely uh, be sure to say hi back. Uh, and finally, you can find us on Patreon. The Noobs and Knockouts podcast is on Patreon. Subscribe to us for $1 a month to get early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Yep. Uh, until next time. See you guys later. Hasta luego.